0: <laughs> it's really all it yep, that was loud. Sorry. Blasting. Huh.
1: <laughs> Good morning.
0: I never know what's gonna happen when I try that. It's just something just happens uh, every time.
1: I needed to be woken up. Thank <laughs> you.
0: It's coffee time. Ooh. We get some fancy headphones.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting amongst all this gear that I don't know how to use, and I'm not using any of it. Yeah. Beautiful microphones. Right next to me. But ooh, I'll just use my regular mic. <laughs> it works. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wake my friend up at five o'clock and be like Hey, I forgot to ask
0: you how to plug this microphone in. It's a good thing that like the old sexy sex doesn't play like out loud on the monitors in there. You're just like sleeping. It's like Careless Whisper
1: Crickets. How you doing, man?
0: Good. Coming You're a off real the real machinist now. Coming off the the high adrenaline of the crunch of, I realized kind of the end of last week, like, oh, we have two projects due Monday and I had been (laughs) working on, Ricky had been doing all the other job, which did great. That shipped off Monday easily. And then...
1: Sweet. The plywood one. I was
0: like, oh, I'm working this weekend, all weekend, because I was Mm. just like off on, did not catch the timeline at all for some reason. I, I don't know. Yeah. so. It worked. Well, was quite I learned a, a lot a of, yeah, just new stuff. I was pulling parts out of the vice, cool. which I had never done before, because I hadn't tried to do, like, wrinkle parts, where most of it was sticking out, and it was pretty loose. Like, you think that you can clamp 3,000 pounds in a vice and on machined aluminum on aluminum surfaces, and it just pulls right out. Just had to yeah. do some different stuff. So, I don't know. It turned out well, but... <laughs> Would prefer to not do it that way again. How's your the parts question? Looks very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Good. I'm having a, a very self indulgent week doing a Windsor short. A, doing a Windsor chair course with Bern Chandley, who's just the loveliest dude and yeah. a very very talented furniture maker and known for Windsor chairs specifically. And he runs a course in Melbourne, six day course where you make a chair with him and it's just a group of four students and it's all hand tools which is quite delightful because i've never used any and Hmm. just yeah really nice experience nice group so i'm about halfway through that now i'll roll roll back in there in a couple of hours and keep keep hanging off the back of my spoke shave where i've been for a couple of days now just like yeah i've never used a spoke shave is it hard i know No, it's lovely. It's a really nice, really nice tool. I'd never used one either, but now I want one.
0: Well, you were posting a few stories of it earlier, and all my first thought was, I foresee new new products coming that have some inspiration of this. Not that you'll do hand woodworking, but just you know, those new experiences tend to rate for me new ideas of things like that. So,
1: yeah, look it has we got to do steam bending on the first day. Oh. And steam bending, is something I've always been interested in. Mm-hmm. I mucked around with it, and made a, made a few bows, made a few terrible bows. But doing it again, yeah, I'd love to combine steam bending and CNC. that would be fun. And a few other little ideas because it's got the chair's got a tapered. What's it called like a tapered joint, mm. tenons, tapered tapered tenons. Mm which are just ridiculously strong. So it's kind of made me think about little details as well. Like, can I program tapered threads in Fusion? And how mm-hmm. would that work? Would there be advantages in certain applications?
0: Can you, like, oh. use a pencil sharpener and, like, make tenons through the side of the dowels somehow? Like, drilled? like, add another axis?
1: Yeah. Or well, just adding more tools to it than you could. We've talked about that a bit, of like just throwing another another spindle on the side of it somewhere so you can drill side holes. That'd be awesome.
0: I have a solution. You take a, a cordless mm-hmm. drill, you mount it on a little arm, <laughs> hold down the trigger and just drive it sideways into it.
1: that will work. Sure. It's a little 3D printed holder.
0: It's not ghetto at all. That won't, won't crash ever. <laughs> oh, the battery died. It just rammed into it. So yeah, that's been my week.
1: Pretty much off work. Except for just trying to keep the socials and a bit of marketing moving along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sales are still very slow at our end. So feeling the crunch to keep some momentum. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that either. It's so just completely random. It feels like very slow last two weeks. And then yesterday I had t- just a couple orders that were like, pretty sizable out of nowhere no you know like usually i feel like i hear from somebody like we get a lot of like pre like questions you know some questions and then you know maybe a week later a couple days later they'll buy i'm like oh yeah i talked to that person or like follow you know some instagram communication or something and when it just comes out of nowhere it's just like how did you find it (laughs) how did you possibly find us on the internet do you do any sort of Do you ever ask that question? It's a good question. Not for e-commerce, really. I mean, Mm. no. I try not to... I I suppose it'd be useful, one of those, like, checkout survey things, because I'd rather not, like... I already have enough questions adding to the cart that I feel like I'm probably killing a lot of sales anyway that way.
1: Yeah, I'd love to know. I've had moments of being like, damn it, I'll just call every one of our customers and just find out how they... (laughs) i just... It's not that many people. Yeah. Hmm. That's fun. It'll that be a horrible day. Yeah. I haven't pulled up our list yet.
0: Not, not a That's whole just... lot. I mean, we chatted about the mill parts that I went through.
1: Yeah. How did you get that mill job? Milling job.
0: Local. I don't know. I mean, for the longest time, it was like, I should look at like the trend in our, in our table, but it like the longest time it was just because, you know, didn't really have like... When you start, you know, I didn't really have like an account or something like Instagram or YouTube to really like have any draw. So it's just just Google searches. I got the old you Google what you want. Like the name of the business was the thing that you Googled. So that worked. I do. People do very reliably fill out the how did you find us on our RFQ form. And mm. it's a mix. It looks like mostly Google, some Instagram, two others right now. But that one was they're just, I don't know. <laughs> we had quoted one job for them before. I don't know what, I should look back at what happened with that. And then this one kind of was just like, got more parts. Can you make these? And it's like, yeah, sure. Sweet. I, I was thinking about that as I was finishing it up. Because it was like by far the biggest job I had done with that machine. And mm. I think probably anybody, aside from our own products, and... It was definitely a stretch of like things that I knew and felt comfortable with. I mean, what was encouraging was it's felt very infrequent that I have seen jobs like parts come across inquiry wise that go that I look at them and go, oh, yeah, I can do that. It's usually like, oh, my God, those features. How would I possibly how could I do that? (laughs) Like or or I just can't fathom making it in a time frame that's cost effective and like this is one of the first times even though there was like four different parts that I was like oh I could do all those I think you know like mm. it all kind of lined up for the first time and I'm like is this going to keep happening now that I've learned more or is it did I just find the one job in a year and a half that was like perfect for my skill set but <laughs> I don't know
1: it's good that you were promoting like the promoting the fact that you were making those parts because it's like Even for me, it's like, oh, shiny, shiny. Justin's making nice parts. Yeah, for sure. You know, if I I was a customer just seeing that example, you know, A, would open up ideas of parts that I could send you away, but also if I had appropriate parts already. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah,
0: I'll send Mm -hmm. them to you. Yeah, for sure. They
1: look good. I love that. I love that undercut edge of break. Oh, yeah.
0: So there's – I had – Toyed with it a little bit. It actually showed it to us. I think it came out live when I went to Birmingham. It's called Deburr. It's like an operation. They've been putting in these new, I think it's called Module Works. That's the company Uh, that they are licensing some operations from for Fusion. I don't remember the other one. Interesting. But Deburr D-E-B-U-R-R is just an operation. I think you have to have the machining extension, which my pitch for that as of right now. I really only used it for steep and shallow previously. But Between steep and Shell and deburr, it is 100% worth it between those two operations alone. It is, deburr is magical. Like, it's like exactly what you want kind of a more fancy automated tool path to do. Almost to the point of like, I think the first time you see adaptive machining, you're like, holy crap, how did it figure all that out? You know, all these (laughs) different... So it doesn't ever like do a slotting operation. But like deburring is... I was trying to f- make videos, film videos of it, because I can turn the coolant off and like see it pretty well. It's cutting such a light cut and it Yeah. I, I did it two ways. I well you can do it three different ways, actually. Which I had previously only deburred with a chamfer tool, like a 45-degree chamfer tool, and that's just mostly like three-axis. It comes down, it cuts the top edge off a little bit, and you've got a nice non-sharp mm. part. Deburring is like an automated version where it can look for every aspect of the part that has a sharp edge and cut off the edge. With either a chamfer tool, a ball mill, or we actually have undercutting mills that we use for like foam lollipops. And I did both of the ball mill and the chamfer and it was like so cool because it would like come down a vertical wall and like trim the Mm. edge and not touch it and then like follow you know, oh. something loopy back up. Even to the point of, like, it would go inside, because a couple of these parts that look kind of like birdhouses, on the inside there's kind of like a cavity that's hard to reach, and the lollipop would go in, slide in, and, like, follow those <laughs> around the inside. It was so satisfying. And it just figures oh, it out. And it doesn't crash.
1: Yeah. It's so not good.
0: Yeah. It's like the dream of future cam to me. I'm sure that the higher end, like, hyper mill and stuff like that have these features, but... From my version of fusion that was not a thing I would ever used before, so cool.
1: Mm, so cool. Speaking of love for fusion, if you, do you follow? I think it's is it Ed from Saunders who goes yeah. under spacely Guitars. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Uh, he's been. He's not such a fan of fusion this week. Having a hard <laughs> week. Mm, that was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree um, with most of his opinions about it, though.
0: Like, I think. No. It's accurate.
1: No, no. I mean, I
0: think it's like as much as we like talking about the way that Fusion changed things, the way that it changed things is, frankly, it's been somewhat unreliable, you know, in in certain ways. I think for the, if you look at like an uptime capability of a cloud software, it's been pretty reliable Mm -hmm. that way. But like (laughs) one of his rants that I remember in particular was like the change that I made the video on, it's I'm sure hard to foresee, but, you know. They basically broke a bunch of operations and set up parts because they changed the way that you did selections and the selections broke, Oh, particularly in lead in, lead outs. I saw actually some other conversation too that was like people were, they were like kind of consultants were saying that their clients were very yeah. unhappy because they didn't simulate for some reason and then went to go run parts and like had bad results because Ooh. the way that the selections work changed the way that the lead in lead out you know, like extensions can be like it wasn't possible or something like that for a while to even change that like they had a major rush fix on that but it it's pretty Ooh. bad I guess for some people
1: I need to watch your video and catch up on what those changes actually were
0: yeah it's pretty I mean it's pretty like self explanatory I think once you start to play with it hmm. but It's kind of the point, I think, of trying to make... Like, that was the first time that they really allowed us to make videos on preview features ahead of it being released because the idea was that people aren't going to be very happy about this change since it's not elective, you know? (laughs) And honestly, I found mostly positive comments because it it added more... Like, it's one of those, like, two steps forward, one step back kind of things where it, like, added a bunch more selection capability, but it's kind of UI-wise a mess and, like then obviously when stuff breaks and ruins your old setups, nobody likes that either. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you win some, you lose some, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that does make me nervous about having our whole product catalog in there. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, my counter to those thoughts is just like, "Eh." you know, they're not that complicated. The products aren't that complicated. Yes, we've invested a lot of time in our Fusion library, but at the end of the day, if you know, worst case scenario fusion dropped off the internet. We it's like a <laughs> we have app. all that IP. We have enough of that IP to be able to sort of rebuild and reprogram parts. Because we're not making super complicated things, but I do think about it.
0: One of my comments in that video, mm. which really isn't groundbreaking or anything, is I do believe this. I always try to be... Even I have, like, some relationship with people there, and I like most of them. Hmm. I still try to be really honest, because, like, that's the whole point of, like, part of the little program that I'm in is, like, where the the senators, the legislature for the users in some way, the advisory board, and, you know, changes like that suck when they break stuff. But overall, until I guess... It would be tough. It would be really tough if I back up a sec. If I had a Kern, and for some reason it crashed similar to like the YCM because of a bug. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's really tough where for the largest part, I guess I feel more like the, well, this is what makes sense for the scale of business I'm at. And I like that they're constantly adding new things and not stagnant. You know, it's not just sitting there and never changing. So that I appreciate that. They're still like aggressively trying for new stuff. Like there's some new stuff coming that, I hope sometime comes this year anyway, that is really exciting. And like, I I think in some cases it's stuff that nobody else has. So yeah, that's that, I guess.
1: Yeah. Me too. Me too. I mean, that's why I'm there. And I've always loved the fact that they're actively developing it despite, Mm -hmm. you know, occasional frustrations. It has been a real positive. They
0: do listen to criticism pretty well too. I'll give them that. Mm. Whether they actively make changes not always the case but like you gotta <laughs> there's always a situation so anyway yeah yeah uh, on the same trend of housekeeping i guess just like constant started kind <laughs> of december i started selling some stuff and getting rid of stuff and it's still cluttered too cluttered in the shop but we've been redoing the shipping area which is turning out pretty well we got a little cheap PC in there to set up. I finally got that set up and actually did some shows like Ricky's out this week. So I was doing shipping from the shipping station that we made, which is nice. And in <laughs> some of that new thinking, what are we using? What are we not using? We had like a 20 inch five force power planer, got it kind of locally pretty cheap. Oh, yeah. And then kind of an older eight inch joiner, just traditional wood tools. And I mean, we've changed a couple things in the last year. A year and a half, where we don't really use them much at all. Mm. And in particular, the planer was just like clogging a huge, like the way we get our forklift back to put material behind the mill room is involved. It takes Ricky and I slowly moving through moving stuff out of the way and <laughs> it works but it's a mess and every time i'm like this stupid planer is taking up so much aisle space here we barely use it so i was just like let's just put it on you know put it on the local market see what see what it sells for and they're still back orders and so i got basically like new price for it and sold it yesterday so we don't have a planer anymore and yeah, I'm wow. a little bit I feel weird about that, but then I had the same thought as when I was buying them, it's like, these two tools are the weirdest, most unitasker tools. It's kind of the same with a lot of woodworking tools, where it's like, this one just makes it thinner on one side, and flat, and this one does the opposite (laughs) side. side. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, when I saw your story about, like, like a hammer Mm. planer, I was just like, what's Justin doing with one of those? Why does he want one of those? Well, I Um, did. I don't know. It's a lot
0: of money, though. For the same thought, mm -hmm. like, I've been in this conversation with my friend Joe and Kyle about it. They're both actual woodworkers. Because we're all thinking Mm -hmm. about similar tools at the moment. Like, we're all having changes of things. And so, Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the combo, where it's, like, two tools and one footprint, planar joiner. Yep. They all have quirks, of course. Like, I thought the grizzly was the right one. You have to like take the fence off and it folds off into two different parts and the thing has to flip over twice and you have to change the duck of well, where the dust goes in to a different, it's just like five steps. Yeah. It's like, well, that's silly. So anyway, just like overall thinking through what do we really need? And I'm, you know, I don't want to make these changes like every year or two, but we're talking about $5,000 worth of machines that which isn't crazy, right? Like it's a, not much, but what is what is that cash as well as like footprint in our shop worth? And I haven't, we haven't used the planer in almost two months, right? Like it's just mm. sitting there. So it was uh, that made a lot of sense to me. It's like, all right, we don't need this kind of machine. We can do it with a lot less. We also have a big machine that planes. It's just sometimes used uh-huh. for more important things. Just a whole... You probably don't have to do this as much because I'm sure your tools are getting used a little more regularly. But uh,
1: yes, and no, like we've got a combination planar thicknesser, the jet one. Oh, really? That we've had for had for years, and it collects dust most of the time. To be honest, I reckon the most work it gets is when Johnny's in on the weekend doing his own stuff, mm. or Andy's on in the weekend making doors for his house. Or like it's definitely getting a lot more love from. The staff on their own projects. <laughs> we just don't do any... So, other than the Dow, which we order pre-machined, like, we don't do much solid timber machining at all. Yeah. And even if we're doing, like, CNC machining of solid timber blanks or something, typically they'll come pre, pre-machined, pre-dressed yeah. by the client or from, you know, direct from a supplier. So, it's just not so... Like, we could easily clear that floor space. I like... Kind of still kind of like having it kicking around, though, because I really like the fact that some of our staff use the workshop on off days.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It's always been a nice nice feature that they can and do use that functionality. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm almost just sort of keeping it around for that at this stage. Yeah. And very occasionally it's useful for a job, so... Yeah. We've yeah. Got the wide belt sander as well, which really if if the thickness is down, we can use the wide belt sander as a slow, mm-hmm. slow and steady, but very capable thicknessing machine. Yeah. But yeah, that little jet combo machine's fine. Like I think we've blown up the motor a couple of times. We've had bad luck. I've got a friend, Sawdust Bureau, Brian from Sawdust Bureau, who's got the identical machine. I don't think he's ever had issues with the motor, but we've replaced it twice on ours. Hmm. So, maybe, maybe we just don't know what we're doing and we're abusing it. But it, the first one blew up within like two weeks of having the machine. Oh, yeah. And then again a few years later. So, it's fine. It does a little flippy flappy thing, change the dust port. Yeah. It's pretty quick. Yeah. It's functional.
0: That was my whole you thought. You don't have to it play too. with the it's fence. Like, I never need to go back and forth. Like, I don't know. I'm not the one. You, it's, yeah. It's really interesting to like move forward even with our small shop of like, you know originally I'm kind of buying tools that I want to use thinking about how my workflow would be but now it's like largely Ricky using almost all the tools and that's my plan yeah. right like hopefully there's more rookies there's more people to be using the tools so someday maybe we get back to a place where it's separate tools because two people can't use the joiner planner at the same time but <laughs> also like you said that's exactly my plan too is I want to more lean on people to provide us material and not like, that's been a big Mm. push of even when we were trying to make iMac bases, it was in the middle of the pandemic. So I was like, all right, well, I can do this and that makes sense. That's how it's going to make sense. But it's just not, not a thing I want to be doing. Like until I think the scale makes sense where it's like you're, I don't know. I don't know what that number is, but it's like when you can make enough volume of something that, you can have the right tools, the right people, you know, it all makes sense for you. Even, you know, you and your dowels, it's like, you're not going to start making dowels.
1: Like, whoa, aren't we? Are you sure about that? Maybe. Yeah. I anyway. can smoke shave now, Justin. <laughs> Look at me smoke shave. Get a lathe. I would love, that would be cool. Oh, I would be fun to get, like, if you had, mm-hmm. like, a,
0: a lathe that just fed those in and parted That's them tr- off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just turns the stock, feeds it straight in. We, I've got a lathe at home. It's one of those tools that I've never brought to work. It's like, what, what would we do with this? I mean, we've got an engineering lathe at work that we use for inappropriate things like polishing dowel, sanding dowel. <laughs> There's but like a title there, but I I've don't know like if we a,
0: can use it. I've got
1: like Laura's grandfather's traditional timber lathe at shed in the shed at home and I love the idea of stuffing around on that. But again, it's like a very off-brand process at this stage that would just be taking up space and mm-hmm. would just be for my noodling around in the morning on. But I have looked at dowel making machines hmm. because we bought, you know, I think another kilometer of dowel recently. It's <laughs> like, it can be challenging to get enough of it at times. And so I've, I've gotten quotes on like, it's like a spindle moulder basically that you feed square stock into and it spits out the round profile. Yeah, and then there's a second second machine that's just for sanding it. All very specific, and I think it was, it was maybe a fifteen or twenty thousand dollar investment. I think to get both tools, hmm. basic versions of both tools. But I've just I'm put off by the idea of having to then you know do the rest of it, like prepare the square stock. You know, source the timber, dress it to rough, rough machine it to square. Mm-hmm. And I a whole lot more sawdust by making the dowel. Like, there's just all these extra processes around that. Yes, it would be nice to be able to feed, like, different species through the machine. Like, mm-hmm. cool, we're going to make black butt dowel today oh. or whatever. <coughs> Something nice. Do you get you have questions Fancy, about that? Um, like,
0: can you do different
1: colors or species of mm, the product? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, the a little bit, a little bit. Taz Oak is such a sort of generic Australian hardwood, the one that we use. It's nice. It's great. It's fine, but it's also, you know, what you buy at every corner shop hardware store. If you go down to the shop and buy dowel, it's like the same stuff. So whilst yeah. we sand it and finish it reasonably nicely, it's pretty pretty white bread Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it'd be not, it'd be nice to sort of mix things up and be able to play around, but yeah, for that sort of money, I don't really want to be involved with the rest of that process, just you know. to make round stock.
0: I mean, it, you kind of come you back know. to that place of like, like you're saying, I don't know what you call it. The, I mean, I guess a good example I can think of off the top of my head is even you know the minimal amount I've read of the toilet away. Like they're not making every part of the car, right? They have suppliers mm. for the places. Like I want to say what makes sense is like you're doing the part where you can do the most value, right? Like, and me making layups that need a 20 inch joiner or a 20 inch planer and you making dowels is not what you're best at. It's not where your most value is put mm. in. And somebody of the much higher volume that supplies all of the like butters with dowels makes a lot more sense probably, unless you need some custom process or a reliability that you can't get somehow otherwise, but.
1: Mm, yeah, Totally. That's a good, nice way of thinking of it. I like that. I have not read the Toyota way.
0: I think I'm like two pair, two chapters and I was like, oh, I got a lot from that. <laughs> Forgot about it.
1: <laughs> That'll set me up for the next five years. Let's go.
0: Yeah, I'm good. And then I'll never remember any of the phrases when Gemini I are talking and I'll sound like an idiot.
1: Mm, but an educated idiot. That's what's important.
0: <laughs> Cite my sources.
1: I don't know my... Thanks, Don. My new one. Done on the drum kit. I oh, wow. I can't reach the drum kit behind me. <laughs> You've got a real, you're just hitting
0: drums back there.
1: <laughs> An analog synth to my left and a drum kit to my right.
0: Well, you're off this week, so you're probably a little a little, out of the workspace, I'm sure, mentally. Yeah, have been a bit. It's nice. What's,
1: what's, what's on the house? Mm-hmm. On the house.
0: Is that a phrase you use? It's like free or it's like pro bono. It's Here's on your the house. Pro bono
1: wine, Justin. <laughs> it's on the house.
0: We're starting to do wine production here. Actually I have a neighbor that does wine. As an idea uh, that comes back and forth for me every once in a while that came up probably two years ago was it kind of goes back to that like minimum job thing that, you know, as we've as it's felt necessary, our minimums have gone up, and that's precluded a lot of like Local maker people that I do like to help if possible. But I think uh-huh. it's when you see the minimum, it stops you from even submitting an RFQ or something. So we become kind of untouchable, yeah. unfriendly, I think. And I never wanted to do that in the mm-hmm. first place. But, you know, I also just have to make enough money to keep going. So the thing I had thought about, just to throw it out there to see if you are others might have a thought on how it might evolve into a useful thing is I called it template day in my head. So like one of the things that we've made for woodworkers over time is like a more complicated router template or like a, you know, something that's not as Hmm. easy to do by hand that a CNC is great at doing router pulls or, or, you know, finger pulls stuff, you know, just little stuff. So I think calling it template day maybe is too finite of a name, but it was kind of like a, all right, well, when we have a certain amount of these or once a month, there's no priority to your job because it's too low of a cost. Yep. But we will do your small job once a month. We'll pile them up and nest them together, cut them out. And it makes it then make sense for us to do as like a, frankly, it's still probably like, like I said, on the, ha- like it's almost no income to it for all of the pieces of it, but like, Instead of doing one every two days or something, try—I don't know—it's—it still hasn't made sense even in that fashion to me. But I like the idea of like some little web form that's like, do you have a small project? Do you don't care if it takes a month and a half to get done? Throw it at us. Yeah, pay us a—you know—we'll—we'll give you a small quote or something. Or if you can even figure out if I could figure out like a fixed cost for it, and we'll cut it eventually. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I like that. We've thought about similar things here, like you know, because we used to make so many plywood crates and boxes that were glued and nailed together, and they were quite cheap back in the day. And now the prices of, our oh, you know, most standard crate is sort of double what it used to be, even triple what it used to be ten years ago. But um, we've thought about similar things of like, because well, now when someone asks us about a custom-sized crate, they turn out to be super expensive, yeah, and cost prohibitive and Aaron Aaron's often sort of come up with this and been like, "Well, why can't we just make batch them, like let the orders pile up and then batch out all the custom crates together." So it's, you know, like processes, like nesting, which I think would have worked quite well with our sort of Rhino on route CAD/CAM workflow. Mhm. Less efficient probably in our current the way we currently program clip crates and things in Fusion. Mhm which is fairly batch batch specific. There's a yep. lot of little features in the clip crate, and so if you're programming a new clip crate from scratch, you got to be like quite fastidious and make sure you hit all, you know. have got to get the four mil cutter on this little edge with the yep. right lead in. And yes, the tool are templated, but it's really easy to miss things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, similar similar thinking here about like what yeah, even just like all the remnants we get out of CNC nested sheets. We're not great at like thinking ahead and going, cool, what's what's all the 16 mil hoop pine that we have to machine in the next two weeks? Let's just mm-hmm. suck it all together into a single nesting study, really maximize those sheets. Like I'd love to get to a place where we could be like, have some sort of, again, some sort of community input where like, oh, cool, we've got this much. Yep. What's your little shape that you need on yep. no timeline? We'll nest it into one of our upcoming jobs. Mm-hmm. Less material for us to deal with or put in the bin or put in the offcut rack and then someone gets their little circles that they need for their birdhouse or whatever it is. Like, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's just how do you do that efficiently without making a whole lot more admin and file management for yourself? <laughs> it needs to be like an automated web yep. form that yep. feeds through the Fusion API into uh-huh. your nesting study automatically. You don't even have to think about it. Getting me all hot and bothered. So if you can just start programming that. Yeah. Don, get on it, Don. No. What's what's the
0: chat GBT version of Don? Lonnie? Don has
1: chat GPT plugged into his head.
0: So. Call him Chad. Chad. <laughs> Don with Chad. Now, honestly, like, this is tangential, but, but the whole AI evolution and like Descript was kind of one of the first things to have some form of... Just felt like new features like that before... I keep thinking, like, how in the Mm. hell do we still have to edit a podcast? Like, how is this not just done (laughs) for us? This is ridiculous. You know, like, it's so... We are growing our Patreon. We appreciate all the support. We're getting a place where it might make sense to Mm. offload, like, one episode a month on that money. But, yeah, I think about that often. It's, like, these things that it's just... It's mostly, like, editing out gaps and like... Last last time I was late on the podcast edit for work reasons, but like then I was playing with it last night. It took me like an hour to sync my timeline. Like for some reason there was a big gap in the recording, oh. and I had to slide it. I was like, I know that a computer could figure out where these waveforms line up better than I could. Hmm. Anyway,
1: speaking of which, we didn't clap. Damn it! So,
0: uh, I guess now, now
1: it's a better
0: time than no
1: clap. For you, one minute, three, two, one. Got it. Got it. That was a pretty soggy one. God, that's going to be fun to synchronize. Mm-hmm.
0: I did find, find just as screen. a little side note, I think I might have said this before, it's way easier to synchronize before you turn on studio sound because it actually shows the spikes more extreme. Uh, yeah. It cuts them off. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, syncing's the most painful bit of it now, really. Often. Mm-hmm.
0: Taking all the curse words we have. That's always hard, too.
1: Well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm. You doing anything fun?
0: Ricky is gone this week, Any so pr- I do have this interesting sense of old times when it's just me here. Actually. Mm-hmm. Hunter,
1: come here. Come here. Aww,
0: yeah, you and guess the dog with me.
1: Aww.
0: 10 year old, almost 10 year old Hunter. hunter. She doesn't like being on my lap so much anymore. That she freaks out after about nine seconds but well, let's see I need to start making get back into production of ATC parts but it's always interesting like once I get into the vibe of running the mill it's like oh that's easy now I'll just throw parts in and push go like it's like no thinking which is like the best thought about a fit of a product on the mill now is mm. it's just yeah just make
1: I've been, let's see are you still in the like pre-order stage of that product? Where are you at with that?
0: Yeah. It's indefinite, yeah, forever. No, I think this week I should be dang near done with that. And it's not that we've Great. continued to have more sales extremely beneficially to, I don't know, anybody, but it's just been too many things going on, not enough people here, and trying to figure out yeah. the final details, not sending it out unfinished. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I ever want to do another pre-order again, because... It's killing me slowly. Mm. And I feel bad for the people that have pre-ordered it and are waiting. It's a little bit longer. I thought it would be done in January. But then that like feeling of it's not done yet. And then you get kind of the trickle of like, hey, where's my thing? And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I'm trying to finish it. <laughs> We're trying to also not go out of business from not having revenue. That's all been yeah. better. So I am just need to, it's a great photo. Yeah. It's close. I'm feeling a lot better. Yep. Need to finish that up. And yeah, it's about, it's about all, I guess. Mm. I have a bunch of new product ideas that I want to work on. It's like whenever it starts to get into the meat of the finishing part of a a project, I'm like, I just have all the new ideas that I want to work on and I'm aching to do that. So
1: the uh, shiny, shiny object syndrome.
0: Oh yes. They literally are shiny objects.
1: All of them. I know. Yeah, I'm a bit terrified of the whole pre-order thing for that reason.
0: I mean, like, I don't know if I said this here, the things like the pedestals, maybe the dust boot too, but definitely the pedestals. Like, I don't know if we would have been able to do them without a pre-order. Like, it kind of helped Mm. finish, make, make sense of, like, we needed the money pretty badly to, like, not just head straight back into job shop work. And extended yeah. out another six months because it never made sense to back off. And so, that you know, I communicated that to the people that pre-ordered recently. And yeah, it's just, I think unless you're a decent sized like company where you can just absorb R&D costs forever, it's tough. It's tough mm. to like make a product that's yeah. significantly different than what you've done before.
1: Mm, for sure. Yeah. I feel I feel very behind with product development. I haven't done any for I don't know. I feel like we haven't released a new product. November, for December, six months maybe? or something. Yeah, no, it's been a while. Sure, need to get back into that space. Yeah, take my take my R and D lemon. and Ooh, that was nice. Take my lemon and go make some stuff.
0: And that's where we end. The ends. Goodbye.